We pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, for 35 chapters, God is silent. For 35 chapters, God doesn't say a word. For 35 chapters, Job cries out. For 35 chapters, Bildad, Zophar, Elpias, and Elihu consternate, deliberate, replicate, and pontificate. But God? Nothing. Brace yourself, though. Beginning in verse 38, a hidden God is revealed. And what he reveals is absolutely amazing. What power, what wisdom, what awesome greatness. The truth of the day is simply this. Instead of an explanation from God, we receive a revelation of God. God finally speaks. Out of the thunder, God speaks. In the middle of the storm, God speaks. To the father holding a rose taken from the cast, his son's coffin, God speaks. To the wife who holds a flag taken from her husband's casket, God speaks. To the couple with the barren womb in fervent prayers, God speaks. To everyone who has tried to see God through shattered glass, God speaks. Our God speaks in the storm, and his voice thunders with majesty and power and authority. Job 38, then the Lord, then Yahweh answered Job out of the storm. This storm contains huge thunderheads replete with bolts of lightning flashing back and forth across the sky. A massive show of power, a Category 5 kind of storm for a Category 5 kind of God. And for the first time since chapters 1 and 2, the name Yahweh appears. From chapter 3 through chapter 37, people have called him God and the Almighty, but not Yahweh. Why is this important? Well, note back in Exodus 3, verse 14, where God says, I am who I am. Jesus picks up on this in his I am statements in John's gospel. There are seven of them, including I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. For 37 chapters, Job has been consumed with all kinds of questions. Where is God? Why is this happening? When will this end? How could God do this to me? But the most important question is not when, or why, or what, or how. It is who. Who is the God behind all this? And who is the question that is answered in Job chapter 38 to 41? Instead of an explanation from God, we receive a revelation of God. Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Job does not respond. Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Job keeps quiet. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Do you know how its dimensions were determined and who did the surveying? What supports the foundations and who laid its cornerstone as the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? The tables are turned. Instead of Job questioning God, now God questions Job. Divine questions pour out like sheets of rain. They spatter in the chamber of Job's heart with a wildness and a beauty and a terror that leaves every Job who has ever lived 
drenched and amazed and absolutely speechless. What starts here and continues to the end of chapter 41 is a list of 70 questions that God asks Job. And the point of all this is that Job needs to let God be God. There is a God, and we are not him. To underscore the point, God repeatedly points out the vastness of the universe and its infinite complexity. For instance, the diamond of the sun is 109 times the size of our earth. Its volume could contain a million earths. This God created the Milky Way. This is just one galaxy. And it alone measures 104,000 light years across. It contains over 1 billion stars. And according to the Hubble Space Telescope, hundreds of billions of galaxies in the universe. Can you see it, Job? God asks. Can you rejoice in all of it as I do? The morning stars sing for joy because of I, who I am. Can you rejoice in it too? Can you see how carefully I put it all together? Can you grasp the immensity of what I've created? Can you be my equal? Can you match my power, my ability to watch over and care for all this? What do you say, Job? Then Job answered the Lord. I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. I spoke once, but I have no answer. Twice, but I will say no more. Job chapter 40. Then God replied, Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. Job 42. Job gets it. Job finally gets it. He has been the water boy telling LeBron James how to dribble a basketball. He's been the bat boy giving pointers to Babe Ruth. He's been the caddy teaching Tiger Wood at the finer points of the nine iron. Job has been the clay telling the potter what to do. And so, finally, Job surrenders. He stops pressing for an explanation from God. Instead, he re receives a revelation of God. This God not only wraps himself in a storm, but in the fullness of time, wrapped himself in a human body. Jesus took on flesh to take us in his arms to heal our hurts and destroy our darkness. He became a human being, not to demonstrate the innocence of infancy, but to live the life we could not and experience the Father's judgments so we would not. We don't have a God who's distant or far off or disconnected. We have a God who is with us, a God who speaks in the storm and makes, becomes like us in Christ Jesus. Are you broken? He was broken. Are you hurting? He was hurt. Do you cry? He cried. God is fully present with us and is with us. And one day, in the light of glory, we will look back on the story he has written in our lives and the lives of all his people, and we will declare, he has done all things well. Job's attitude began with a mixture of self-pity and self-assertion. As his life was devastated by one calamity after another, Job sank into grief. Then in spite of his wife's advice to curse God and die, Job insisted on defending his own innocence. 
By contrast, the attitude recommended by Job's three friends was one of self-accusation. Come on, Job. Admit that you're suffering because of your sin. This is God's judgment upon you. Repent, and it will soon turn out all right. But Job refused to be bullied into signing a false confession. He was innocent. Then a fourth friend, Elihu, appears on the scene and urges upon Job yet another attitude, one of self-discipline. He pleads with Job to see the purpose in pain. Not retribution, but instruction. To recognize that in some measure this is God's way of correcting us. Then finally, it is God who speaks. And the only attitude left open to Job is self-surrender. Falling before God in reverence and awe and humility. How about us in our storm? Well, I can give up on God. I can say God is a fake or a phony or a fraud. Or I can receive the revelation and stop insisting on an explanation. Then I surrender like Job. I declare my declaration of dependence. And what does that look like? Well, Jesus gives us the words. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I dare to pray these words. Because a revelation of this God beats an explanation every time. Amen. Now may the peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.